For broadcasting or advertising opportunities, call 1-888-303-3884 or visit wildfireradio.com and click on Contacts. You are listening to The Straight Shooters exclusively on Wildfire Radio. Subscribe to The Straight Shooters podcast on iTunes by visiting the iTunes store and download every episode on wildfireradio.com. Now, here's Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of professional wrestling. Oh, Shooters Radio Universe! My name, of course... Is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, nitpicky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a uh, parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? As always, with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't really know what like to think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. What is he doing? Oh my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. For all the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land? My name is Vaughn Johnson. Joined as always by my main man, Possum Pans, the Falcone, the Philly voice, the Philly influencer. And you are listening and watching episode 180 of the Straight Shooters on a whole bunch of platforms, a whole plethora of platforms, a boatload, a busload, a multitude, all kinds of platforms, There's a variety of platforms. But before I get into those platforms and tell you where you can find us on a weekly basis, Nick, how are you tonight, my good brother? I'm doing great, man. I've been, uh, you know, I listened back to our Patreon exclusive with the CM Punk Rock live commentary we did last last uh, week, and uh, you know, I, I just had a ton of fun doing that. Like it was a long, a long match because we started, you know, before the match even started, we started with the video package and the promos leading up to it. Because you know, I think we said it on the show. I haven't seen it since the pay per view, the original pay per view. So. Uh, I had a lot of fun going back and like just listening to our, our Patreon exclusive. So if you're listening to this, I urge you to go to patreon.com slash shooters radio. Uh, join us. You can listen to it. You can watch it along with us or we have the match audio in there. So uh, it was a lot of fun. So uh, that's what I'm up to. Well, speaking I'm, of- I'm, I'm all I'm feeling rumble, rumble, royal, royal <laughs> rumble fever. Fever. I don't, I don't want to call it necessarily a fever, but it's it's something that's happening in a couple of weeks. The Royal Rumble, because uh, it's that time of the year. It's January, because uh, it's about to hit a. It's about to be super cold up here in Philly. Yeah, and across the eastern part of the United States, I believe, uh, Arctic blast is going to hit somewhere. I think Kansas City is going to hit an Arctic blast for the winter. Winter storm. Bryce Harper is coming. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Crossing my fingers, man. We will see, but. Uh, on those platforms, you mentioned one already that we're on. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash shooters radio. Little tier of the one tier of 
a nominal fee of $1.99. You can get some exclusive content, including that live commentary of the CM Punk versus The Rock match from Royal Rumble 2013. And I have future exclusive content coming up, including my journey to getting a special piece of jewelry known as the Super Bowl ring at the old ECW arena. So I'll explain that kind of go behind the scenes and the machinations behind that a little bit. Can't wait Uh, for that, man. Can't wait for that. Yeah, just to talk about what led up to it and uh, just how cool it was and whatnot and how uh, we did it up that night, boy, back in in June of 2018, uh, last summer. uh, And it was a lot of fun. Uh, So, yeah, look out for that in the future coming up, uh, leading up to the Super Bowl. We're going to have some football-related content, I guess. And, uh, yeah, so check us out on there, patreon.com slash shootersradio, where you can find the, the, the content that everybody can, everyone can listen to. You can find us on a whole bunch of platforms. So of course, we're live on YouTube. So if you're joining us live on this cold Wednesday night, at least up in the Northeast at least, uh, come holler at us. We're on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Like our videos. And you can interact with us on the left side of the screen here. And, you know, interact with your boys while we do this live. That's right. Uh, but if you're listening to us, like most of our fans do, on the download, on demand, after the fact, after we, after we record, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, SoundCloud, Spotify, and the mothership, WildfireRadio.com. We can find all 179 prior episodes of the Straight Shooters. So you want to go back and listen to the live commentaries before they were on Patreon? Go on WildfireRadio.com. WildfireRadio.com. If you want to listen to our pay-per-view recaps or previews or our, Wrestle- our top WrestleMania bracket that we did a couple years ago wildfireradio.com go check it out some great episodes in the archives there over there at wildfireradio.com so shout out to them and go check us out and all the other platforms as well if you have those platforms if you have itunes google play and etc you know hit us up give us a review give us five stars because that's what we deserve we deserve five stars uh leave a review a written review we've got a couple of those as well so thank you to those who've done that and we encourage you to, if you haven't done it, we encourage you to do so in the near future. So what are we going to talk about in episode 180? Talked about all the other episodes, but what about episode 180? <laughs> Got a lot to talk about because as we mentioned earlier, as Nick mentioned, it's Royal Rumble time. And if and it's funny how Royal Rumble happens in the same period as like the conference championships in, in football. Uh, because I always equate the Royal Rumble to like the AFC and NFC Championship games, whereas WrestleMania is the Super Bowl. In order to get to the Super Bowl, you got to win the conference championships. And I mean, for at least two people now, if you if you're a man or a woman, if you want to punch your direct ticket to a match at WrestleMania, not a main event, <laughs> it's not always a main event, mm-hmm. but to a championship match at WrestleMania, you got to win the Royal Rumble. And that's what makes it so important. And you always got the unpredictability factor because you have surprises and whatnot, and you can tell some stories. In the Royal Rumble as well, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Later on, at least, we're going to talk about our biggest surprises slash kind of like underdog stories that we saw at the Royal Rumble, and some of the biggest surprises that we can remember in that match. So that's going to be an exciting conversation. But leading into the Royal Rumble, we got a lot to talk about because on Monday night they made the old switcheroo. They with did the Universal Title match where it was originally booked to be Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, it was widely known that Braun Strowman has been injured. Uh, he's been on the shelf. He hasn't done anything physical in weeks. Uh, so it was like, well, I guess he'll be ready by the Rumble. And whether WWE knew this ahead of time or whether they just found out recently, it doesn't matter because they made the change Monday, in storyline at least, that he 
flipped over Vince McMahon's limo. Vince McMahon's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm taking you out of the match. <laughs> and there became a fatal four-way, eventually got to a fatal four-way. And the winner of that fatal four-way was Finn Balor, which is a match, which is a guy that, I, you know, a lot of people have always wanted to see go against Brock Lesnar because Finn Balor technically never lost the Universal Championship. I know that's a story that's from almost three years ago. Yeah. And I don't. He might have gotten a universal title match since. I think he had face he Roman Reigns. Face Roman Reigns, yeah, right. But now it's a whole different challenge. And Brock Lesnar, Nick, tell me what you think about all this. Oh man, uh, <laughs> dude, I'm going full throttle. You know, I they they made the decision to change this, whether it had to do with Braun's injury or not. Um, you know, he wasn't wearing a bandage or an elbow pad or anything like that Monday night when he, he was out in the ring. Uh, they kind of made him look stupid a little bit, which, you know, it was kind of... I'm really not surprised, honestly. Like, Braun, it's kind of like, it's done for me with him. Like, last year, I wrote on Medium.com why they needed him to go all the way. He should have won the Rumble in Philly. Should have went to WrestleMania, won the it's Universal so, title. I mean, there. I did a terrible thing when Nakamura went in the Rumble. No, no. Uh, this was before. And I'm, I'm thinking like t- you got to capitalize on Braun now because I, th- I think I equated his kind of like popularity to we haven't seen that since Daniel Bryan in 2014. You know, it, it was yeah. almost there. It might have not been. He exactly was a guy that was even. like they got to do something with him soon. Yeah, or and people were kind of cool off on him. Yeah, and that's kind of exactly what happened with me. You know, I cooled off on him a lot since then. So uh, seeing the change made, um, honestly. Uh, uh, full disclosure, I did not watch Raw live. I, have, I fell asleep, so I caught it yesterday. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday, so I watched it Tuesday afternoon. And the way everything led up to him being taken out of the match, it was just so convoluted that it makes me think, yeah, maybe he's not going to be cleared by the Rumble, or maybe they just completely decided on their own, okay, we got to do something different on the way to Mania. Maybe we're going to have a new champion, and we're going to uh, have the uh, world title match, uh, universal title match with Finn Balor and Brock Lesnar. So I think Brock versus Balor is going to be an interesting match. Will it be like Brock versus Daniel Bryan? Was it Survivor Series? Probably not. Um, but if they, if they gave Finn Balor the opportunity, they really put him over Monday night. He beat Jinder Mahal in a match to just get to the fatal four-way. Um, and then he pinned John Cena. Like, are you going to do that if you're not serious about Balor possibly walking out of the Rumble with the title? That's where I'm at right now. So I love the, that they made the change, and I love that uh, Balor is the guy that they're giving that spot to. And to me, it actually puts into question that main event. You know, like, is there a possibility Balor could be going into WrestleMania as Universal Champion? I think there is. So... They, maybe they're toying with my emotions. Maybe I'm analyzing it too deeply. Maybe I'm buying it hook, line, and sinker like they want me to. But why make that decision? It, like you could have had Cena versus Lesnar. That would have been a fine match. Uh, you know, if you wanted Brock to go over and you know beat Cena, it, it really wouldn't have mattered. So why put Balor there if you weren't seriously considering giving him the title? That's where I'm at. I I think it. It's awesome. It got, it got me more into the Rumble. Um, I was already into it. I think the match lineup right now is great, but uh, Balor and Lesnar, I'm all in. 
Yeah, I, I'm all in too. Uh, I think it's a obviously a huge step up in the chain for Finn Balor. Yeah. To me, he's got to bring out the demon for this, right? This is the biggest match of his career to date. <laughs> Man, he brought yeah. it out for Baron Corbin. He's got to bring it out for Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. And two, the size difference is obviously there. Mm-hmm. So one way you can get kind of throw off the size difference thing, like, oh, that's not realistic. He's so small. Have him be the demon. Yeah. Yeah, your your dog agrees, and uh, I'm I'm with your dog, man. I think I think the demon really uh, will accentuate the fact that Balor's in the main event of a top pay per view. The Royal Rumble is still uh, one of the top pay per views. You know, we talked about there's like a big five now with Money in the Bank. You know, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Uh, Royal Rumble's still that big show, so you have to have big moments on there. And Finn Balor was the demon at SummerSlam when he beat Seth Rollins for the first Universal title. So it would be a cool callback, not just the fact that he's in the main event or a main event for the Universal title, but you know he won the Universal title as the demon. So why not make him the demon again, possibly beating Lesnar? Um, there's really no reason Lesnar needs the title going into WrestleMania. If they're really changing plans, if Seth Rollins... That, that was the reported, and when we talked about it on the podcast, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar was reportedly penciled in as the main event at WrestleMania for the Universal title. If they're, if they're not going that way, I'm good with Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins or something like that, and then maybe you do Braun Strowman versus Lesnar without the title at Mania. That, to me, is a better card, a better two matches than you know the, the other two matches would have been. So you get Finn Balor as the Demon, beating Brock Lesnar, maybe with the help of Braun Strowman, who knows, like you can always, to protect Brock, God forbid Finn Balor beats him clean, you have you know, Braun Strowman kind of come in, cost Lesnar a little bit maybe you do it the way Goldberg cost Lesnar the title against Eddie Guerrero back in 2004 you know, just have him come in, a ref bump uh, and then you have Balor do the coup de grace on, on Lesnar and then pin him that's how you make a Royal Rumble moment. And like you said earlier, we're going to go over some of our Royal Rumble surprises a little later on. A lot of my moments that we're going to talk about with the surprises coming up, they're not just in the Rumble match itself. They're, Royal Rumble's been a, a big event for WWE and WWF for years, uh, decades. There's been a lot of great moments that have happened at the event itself, not necessarily in the match. So just off the top of my head, I had written, written down 11 things. Not all of them are in the Rumble match itself. So if you go into the 2019 Royal Rumble with Finn Balor beating Brock Lesnar, that becomes one of the biggest surprises in Royal Rumble history, maybe even in WWE history. So uh, I think Balor winning the title at Royal Rumble is a very real thing that could happen. I don't think they would have him beat Jinder Mahal and then pin John Cena in the main event of Monday Night Raw if they weren't ready to pull the trigger on that type of decision. So, uh, you know, we'll wait for Vaughn to get back to give his thoughts on that. But, you know, if you guys have thoughts on that, drop us a a comment in the comment section on YouTube. Uh, Let us know on Twitter. We're at Shooters Radio on Twitter, uh, at Nick Bacone, at Vaughn M. Johnson. Uh, We love, you know, talking to our listeners and, you know, any questions they may have during the course of uh, when we record or even if they're listening to uh, if you guys are listening on the download on Apple Podcasts 
anywhere, you, really wherever you get your podcast. I'll go into my prediction because we'll have our Royal Rumble prediction show next week uh, because it's uh, January 27th is the Royal Rumble. So we still have another 11 days from this recording. So uh, we'll uh, do all our predictions then, but you know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go on that limb and say Finn Balor is going to beat Brock Lesnar because I just don't see how you build the, the, the entire show Monday night around, you know, kind of building Balor back up. That's exactly what they did back in 2016 with the brand extension. They had that show, uh, the two triple threat matches, two fatal four ways. I don't remember what it was. And then a final, a final match and uh, Finn Balor won. And, uh, I really think maybe they're they know Balor had an injury history, but maybe they're not worried that much about it. You know, he got the biggest pop out of there. He was with John Cena, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Vince McMahon himself, and he still got one of the biggest pops out of all of them. So to me, that means something. And you got to be ready, uh, especially if they're touting this new era of you know WWE. You know, Brock Lesnar's not in that new era. You know, he he may be in it as a as a as a draw outside of being champion, which is fine. That's what he was back in twenty twelve when he returned, twenty thirteen. He didn't become champion again until twenty fourteen. And then he had a a little run before he became champion again. So I, I honestly think Balor is gonna be the guy. And I could totally buy into a another a rematch. They can build a rematch from SummerSlam. You do Balor versus Rollins at WrestleMania or something like that. And uh, to me, I think that's a lot better than Balor versus uh, anyone else, really, or Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman for the title or Lesnar versus Rollins for the title. So uh, we got Vaughn back now. He was able to rejoin us. And I was just telling uh, the listeners how I feel like I already gave my prediction because I didn't even need to wait till next week. I think Balor is winning the title at the Rumble. Whoa, whoa, whoa. baby. No, man. No, man. There's no way in my – like, yeah. Like I said, maybe I'm buying in. Maybe I'm buying this hook, line, and sinker. But why build Balor on Raw the way they did this past week without the the notion that – or without the the decision that you've made that – or you know what, we're going to make him beat Brock and we're going to have this whole new type wow. of thing going in the Mania. It would fit their whole thing of the new era, or the new WWE. It would fit. But WWE could be building him up to have him look strong for Brock to defeat. <sighs> that's what could happen. Because that's wrestling booking sometimes. You I don't know, monster, You build somebody up to make him look strong. So it's like, oh, you know what? This is actually going to be a good match. And then he loses. But, but, but what does that do for Brock? Does it really... It doesn't do anything do it, for Brock. Beating I think Braun it does Strowman more for... did nothing for Brock. Beating Samoa right. Joe did nothing for Brock. Beating Roman Reigns did nothing for Brock. Brock doesn't need victories, but he keeps rocking exactly. him up for some reason. So that's why it's like it's hard for me to just be like, you know what, Finn Balor's going to do it this time. Like as much <laughs> as I would like to see it, I think it'd be cool. It'd be refreshing. All those things that you know WWE needs right now is a refresh. It's a shot of energy in the arm. Something new. And maybe, hey, maybe they put the title on Brock just to bridge to someone else. And maybe because of the whole Braun Strowman thing, maybe they're like, you know what? Let's just do the whole switch. Like, let's do a real switch this time. But with, given WWE's track record with Brock in the last, what, two, three years? Yeah. I wouldn't bet on it. As much as I would like to see it in 
Like I said, Bow's got to be the demon at this match. At this yeah, show, I agree right? with that. I agree with that. And he's lost as the demon before, but he doesn't lose anything by losing to Brock. Uh, right, but he gets I, a really good match out of Brock, like Daniel Bryan. If Daniel Bryan ain't beat Brock, he's a WWE champion. Yeah, I don't see Finn Balor doing it. It's just it's not like it's something like I want to happen. I just don't see it happening. I think Brock could sell for Finn if he's a demon. Right, that's just like oh, the demon. So yeah. if anything. He's going for the demon makes it puts the demon over a little bit. Yeah. Right? Like if he if he had Brock on the ropes, imagine what he'd do to somebody else. So that's how I see it happening. Daniel Bryan got a really good match out of Brock at Survivor Series. Brock, when he sells and when he wants to sell, he could still go. It could still be a good mm-hmm. match. I think yeah. a good match and a losing effort could still put Finn over. And obviously, you want to put him all the way over, give him the title. And that's yeah. what I would do. If it was me. Finn's winning as Demon at the Royal Rumble. Let's go full steam ahead into something cool and let's have him carry the title into WrestleMania as champion. Comes out as a Demon at WrestleMania. has a big, elaborate entrance. A whole nine. Straight to the top. But it's a WWE, man. It, and they've, been, he, they've been holding that title hostage with Brock for like 10 yeah. years. Yeah, but they could do such a cool story with the callback to the Demon. He won the Universal title as the Demon against Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. You could win it again as the Demon against Brock Lesnar, and maybe you have that build-up of Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, the rematch uh, for the title. So they could go that way, and I, I think I think they get, they got to be creative. They got to they got to think. And, and they got to know they can make that build up way better than anything they can with Lesnar involved. It would be and cool if, it, if they went in that direction where it's Finn versus Seth, but they, they've been talking everything about Seth versus Brock, right? Right, yeah. Which, and they can still do Brock versus cool Strowman at WrestleMania. Right. And without with, the title, you don't need titles involved. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I, I almost, I already fantasy booked my WrestleMania. You know, like I think Braun versus Lesnar is a WrestleMania match, you know, without the title. So, why not just have Strowman cost Lesnar somehow at the Rumble? Maybe uh, the way Gold, the way Goldberg costs Lesnar against Eddie Guerrero in 2004. You know, you just have that type of thing—a ref bump, and then you know Balor. Because yeah, I, I don't think Balor beats Lesnar clean, but you know, you you almost if you're still going to have Lesnar in for WrestleMania, you almost can't have Lesnar get beaten clean, even if you want him to lose the title. So, you know, I. I'm there. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. It's fantasy booking, yeah. But man, like just the way they build him up, you know, the the two wins and the pin over John Cena, I would I would just I would actually be surprised if he did not win the title. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, like I said, given what WWE has done over the last two three years with Brock, that's just I how it, it is. Yeah, man. I, I get it. I get make it. Make God strong just to lose to Brock. Like what did they do with Samoa Joe in twenty? Was that twenty seventeen? Oh yeah, great balls of Samoa fire. Joe man. is looking like the biggest badass. Ever and then he lost to Brock. <laughs> Braun Strowman in twenty. After one at five, right? Everyone made a stink right. of one at five. Yeah. Braun Strowman at no mercy was it no mercy that year? Same thing. Uh, yeah, it wasn't no mercy. Braun it was Strowman, yeah, well, one of those. Yeah. Braun Strowman was literally throwing people off of loading docks and flipping over <laughs> yeah. ambulances and stuff like that and punching holes through people. He still lost to Brock. Like it, they can build you up strong just to lose to Brock. They've done it before. And I wouldn't put a pass him to do it again. Now, could they do this? Like I said, it would fit with this whole, we're doing things new and different this time. It could fit with that, but I don't see WWE doing that, man. Uh, and I don't, I don't fault you for thinking that way. And yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to look 
optimist at the optimistic side of it. Like, okay, they're going to do something different. Balor winning, be, beating Lesnar is absolutely something different, especially if he's going to be the one to kind of, they're going to make the Raw brand around him. Maybe they move Seth Rollins eventually because Rollins has been on Raw ever since the brand extension started. He can use a new, a new, you know, seen on SmackDown. Like I think Rollins on SmackDown is what happens when at least when they go to Fox, if they don't pull the trigger now on it, or after WrestleMania, that Rollins goes there when SmackDown goes to Fox. Why not make Raw a Finn Balor show? You'll have the champion on every single week. Pro- I mean, that's with, he that's with anyone there. else other than Brock Lesnar, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, else not the people Brock actually Lesnar. like Balor. Like, they like him genuinely. He's a genuine babyface. He's not force-fed lines. I mean, he is, but he doesn't come across that way when, when he's doing promos. Like most of the most of the guys, like a Roman Reigns or a Braun Strowman. Now, like you just could tell it's not the same. And maybe they do that to him eventually, where. It, it's just not the same because it's a different Finn Balor as champion if he becomes champion. But I, I'm still ready for anything different, man. I'm just ready for anything different. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I just don't know if that's going to happen. So <laughs> don't 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 get your hopes up just for them to get let down. It's too late, man. It's too late, man. I'm, I'm already there. All right. <laughs> you, I, I try to tell you. Yeah, not what you want. If they let me down, I'd be like, ah, oh, should have listened to Vaughn. Yeah, I'm here to, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here to give you that dose of reality. Look here. Reality check. This is how it might be. Don't be surprised if it happens. You got to get that Rowdy Roddy Piper reality check shirt that he wore in WCW. Nah, I'm all right. <laughs> no WCW merch. At least no Roddy Piper WCW merch. You get the, 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 the Rowdy Piper shirt he always wore, the white one. Hot Rod? Yeah. Or the yeah. one with the Panther on it that he used to wear before the Hot Rod shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had the Black Panther on it. Um, <laughs> what else is that we talk about? Apparently, Ronda Rousey is going to turn heel. They're planting yeah. seeds of that. What do you think yeah. about that? I'm not... I mean, it fits her character. If it, not her character. If it fits it, her, her persona as, as a badass because she is... She's like yeah. a JB female Brock Lesnar. Uh, so, it makes sense to me. I think you might be able... You might get a better Ronda Rousey because she's yeah. all, like in That's ring, it. she's already really good. But yeah. character standpoint, all the smiling and all the "Hey guys, nice to see you again." It, that's all right. Not really. It's not really good because no. in UFC, what drew Ronda Rousey money was the badass walk, was the scowl, was the tough person persona. Like, you know, I'm here to whoop everybody's ass. Yep. It wasn't like, "Hey guys, <laughs> I'm happy to see y'all." You know, that yep. wasn't that wasn't what made Ronda Rousey money. So. What do you think about that? I think they they're planting the seeds for heel turn. Just uh, you know, they're making Sasha Banks kind of look like the heel now. Like she's kind of no nonsense. Like, hey, like I'm gonna kick your butt at the Royal Rumble, and this is you know I'm not afraid of you. Blah blah blah. And Rousey looks really upset because this is her quote unquote dream match. You know, she's always she's always loved Sasha. She wants she can't wait to wrestle Sasha. Uh, It's gonna be the best match she had as women's champion, and you know, you have Sasha go like, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to kick your ass and I'm going to take that belt from you. And then Ronda looks all upset. And then Sasha did like the four horsemen kind of, or the four horsewomen uh, signal to her when she was leaving the stage Monday night. And then Ronda looked all like upset and ran after her. That was like so bad for her character, but that it's so cheesy that I think that's just why they're doing it like that. Because maybe 
Rhonda beats Sasha or something, and maybe Sasha's like, okay, you're the better woman, shake hands, and then Rhonda attacks her, and then Rhonda instantly becomes the heel. I think maybe they go that route to WrestleMania. Uh, so I, I feel like she's been there for a year now. You know, she she's had a baby face run the whole time. Yeah, why not? Like, who knows how long she's going to stay here? Is she here for another year? You know, like, is she going to be here another two or three years? I don't think we, we, we don't really know that. I don't know what her contract says, but, you know, we've seen the videos on, on social media of her being like upset about being on the road as much as she is. She's not home. So maybe she's having a change of heart. Who knows? Maybe it's this all for TV. Business. I don't care. You it is. On the road, baby. It is. So uh, that's why I think possibly they just planted the seeds for, you know, that heel turn that Rousey's going to have, uh, whether it's soon or not. Um, you know, you have the girls helping Shayna Baszler down at NXT. Maybe they all come. All three of them come and, you know, attack Sasha or like, who knows? Who knows what could happen? But I think I think it's kind of necessary moving on into WrestleMania season. Yeah, like I said, it's not babyface smiling around the rousey is not what drew her money in UFC. She did not become the biggest, most famous women's combat sports fighter ever to date. By being Miss Nice Girl, mm-hmm. she be, she became that by being mean <laughs> and yeah. snapping people's arms off. Like <laughs> so, to me, WWE maybe they wanted to warm her up to the audience at first because she came in yeah. with that persona. People probably would have turned on her super. I mean, obviously that's the job of a heel to get people to turn on you. But I think yeah. it would have been like it would have been too much heat. It would have been bad heat. It wouldn't have been good heat. And people wouldn't have probably recognized how good she is actually te- te- technically in the ring. And she got, she, I think she's earned the fans' respect from that standpoint because she does enjoy being there. She, she does enjoy wrestling. So maybe w, that was a smart thing, thing about WWE to get her to be happy and like, hey, I'm happy to be here. Even though, yeah, it's not, it doesn't really fit who our image of Ronda Rousey really is. But it kind of, I think it did kind of help her kind of earn those stripes with those fans. Now that you got that out the way, now it's time for the real Ronda Rousey to show up. If that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. and if they can get it, they can make some money with Ronda Rousey being mean and and, and being you know tough. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's that's the Ronda Rousey that I would like to see in WWE. Yeah, it's like that you have the title now. Do everything you can to keep it, even if it means becoming a badass. That the the current badass that you're not. You know, like the badass that doesn't care what anyone thinks of you. Instead of the badass that cares what everyone thinks of you, right, right. She can, you can tell that story. Oh, I spent this whole year smiling and yeah. kind of warm up to you guys. I never earned all of your respect because there are some yeah. people out there who don't mess with Ronda Rousey, which for some reason is just yeah, I don't get it. it that just boggles my mind. She's she's put in the work and she's. Can you imagine she's been doing this for ten years? Like, is she you gave her ten years to get really good at wrestling. And I know that sounds like a long time, but well, it might take ten years to get really good at wrestling. It takes a while. That's probably why there are still people not on her bandwagon because she hasn't been there 10 years because god forbid they they're really good when they start versus somebody not as good that's been doing it for 10 15 20 years but the reason why aj styles is as good as he is because he's been doing it since 90s (laughs) Seth rollins was doing it over a decade daniel bryan over well over a decade like it takes a long time to get really good as good as those guys are and she's pretty good already with in like maybe a year and a half half. yeah that's what i would say like 
I mean, I don't know how long she was training before she got the ring. Maybe six months, maybe uh, maybe a year, maybe that. I don't know if it was even a year, which is I think yeah, yeah you know, round, round it up, Just right? So let's say round two it years up, it's of, two years of wrestling ever, right? Yeah, she's already really good. So give her time and a change of persona could only help. I mean, it can only help. It, it will. I think it will help, in my opinion. Speaking of the women's division, they unveiled the new. The first ever, quote unquote, because everything is new again in WWE. They don't recognize <laughs> what happened in the past. Uh, shout out to the Jumping Bomb Angels and the. Uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, man, who was the other tag team? Oh man, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. You know what I'm talking about though. The one, the, the, the other, the former flying of the nuns. old days, uh, <laughs> the flying nuns, uh, like Velvet McIntyre and and uh, oh man, that was that was before. I, was I, 80s, I'm, I'm like a. I take pride in being a wrestling historian even before my time, but I couldn't tell you. Glamour that. Girls. Okay. That's what I think about. Lilani Kai, Judy Martin. Okay. Damn it. Thanks for helping me out here, Nick. No problem. They were the two time WWE women's tag team champions back in the 80s, back in the day. Oh, wow. Right? Two time. Velvet McIntyre herself was also two time champion, apparently. Okay. Two different partners Desiree Patterson and. Princess she related Victoria. to Velvet Sky? Uh, probably. Uh, oh, cool. and you get the fourth jumping bomb angels. But my point is, there were women's tag team titles before this, despite WWE not really acknowledging that because their title history is all messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just look at the tag titles and look at that history. It's terrible how they just don't reg- disregard the world tag team championships from like the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands, and they've carried on. The Raw, I think the Raw tag team titles were the former WWE tag titles that started in SmackDown back in 2002. Right, right I think so, yeah. SmackDown tag team titles have their own lineage. It's weird. I don't know yeah. why they disregard all that title lineage from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Because they will only add prestige to the titles, in my opinion. But that's a whole, that's a whole different uh, debate for Maybe it's just a reminder that they haven't had women's tag team titles in like what, 30, 40 years? <laughs> that, 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 that's a fair point. You don't want to remind people like, oh yeah, we just yeah. kind of disregarded women altogether. <laughs> right. That would be, about you it. know, I prefer to look at it that way. I don't know if they do, but that's a good reason for, as any if I were them. Yeah, that's that's a good reason. Let me see here. Wait a second. Yeah, the Raw tag team titles, they are they go back to 2000, 2002, I believe. Yeah, that would have been, I think, yeah. Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit were the first holders of those Correct. titles. The SmackDown ones are just the SmackDown ones. They're just the ones that existed since 2016, I believe. They don't <laughs> have any prior lineage before that. Uh, let, me, wow. let me confirm that. The, uh, the so then I guess, I guess the unification of the WWF and WCW tag team titles ended there. I would think. No, right? those carried on until they got rid of them in like 2009. Remember they unified them in 2009? Yeah, but they were... Those were still the... Uh, they were still around. Yeah, so there were, there were two the sets of tag team champions. champions. Yeah, yeah so let me, so, I can confirm that. Let me let me look it up here. Okay, That makes me, me wonder... When, I can't even find it on here. Where is it? When the SmackDown... There we go. World Tag Team Championship. 1971 to 2010. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why 
Don't so then the, the, for the second unification was the, like the end <laughs> for right. those specific tag teams. Right, because they, they didn't unify them the first time. Well, yeah, they unified the WCW when they absorbed it, essentially. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't really unification as so much as just like we just stopped the WCW one. Yeah. I don't know why they would just cut the history off. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But doesn't matter. The whole the, there's a whole new set of women's titles that didn't exist apparently in the 80s. And they unveiled them, which I didn't mind the look. They look pretty good to me. They don't have a, just big W's on them. That's a step, right? <laughs> I like them. You like, did you like them? Yeah. They have, they, I mean, they don't have a big W, but they just have tag team on them. I mean, they're not bad. I like them. They're okay. better than just having a big W. There's, some, there's a little bit of creativity with them. Mm. Would, you, would you agree? or I do. I think... Uh... I mean, they weren't. I would have preferred them to kind of look like the Raw and SmackDown. Maybe have no; those titles are but, ugly. Yeah, but I hate you have the, the women's world titles look the same as the Universal and WWE title. So that's where I thought they were going. I don't mind that they didn't fully go with that. I don't mind that they didn't fully go with that design. But if they, I just felt like, why not do that? Make it completely gold and maybe put like a black leather strap or a white leather strap or oh, something like that. So they need to get rid of those tag titles number one. It, those tag titles it, are the worst tag titles in history. Why yeah, are they silver? I don't disagree. They need to be gold. You're the world champions of tag teams. Gold, gold, right? Maybe maybe they're platinum. How do we know they're not platinum? They're not platinum. They were <laughs> copper before. <laughs> yeah, they were <laughs> with the when they had the black leather strap, right? Right, and, and they, they changed like it. Set. Yeah. They changed it to silver for I don't just don't know. They're not they're not good to look at. So I'm glad they didn't make that the case because those the titles are ugly. I'm sorry. Those titles are ugly. Um so yeah, the belts look okay. I'm a, I'm I'm good with the belts. Uh how do we feel about there only being one set of women's tag team titles though? I like it because I I was always a fan of the floating champion and I, I feel like it, whoever wins the tag titles they will be floating. Like I don't think they'll be on one show. Um, I would I be surprised if they were on one show? Maybe not, because then you have maybe you can have more more women go to the, the one show and fight for the tag titles, and then you have more storyline. Uh, my opinion, it would be raw because it's a three hour show. But um, I like the idea of there being one, and then you have floating champions because I've always been a fan of that. Um, and plus, I just don't think there's enough talent on the main roster yet to that requires a set of, of two of them for or one of them for each show because I don't have confidence that WWE is going to make that work. And I just have uh, the feeling that until I see it, then I, I'm not going to believe they can do it. I agree with you 100% pretty much. I mean, I, I don't think they should have two sets of men's tag team titles because your tag team yeah, agree. as many bodies as they have in the main roster, they simply don't have enough tag teams. Like there's a difference right. between having sixty people, but you don't have twenty tag teams. You have probably right. eight tag teams. Then you so eight tag team eight team division is like oh that's pretty good, but then you split it in half, and now you only have four or five on each show. And now it's like now your depth is like this this thin. So yeah, get rid of to me. Keep the one set of women's titles. Get rid of one set of the men's titles, and you have one for the men and one for the women. Otherwise, you don't like you're doing it equally because if you do two for the men, why not do two for the women, right? 
So no, don't do that. Take away one for the men. You have one set of world tag team championships. Maybe they'll pick up the lineage from the world tag titles from 2010. I don't know. Maybe. Regardless, one set of tag titles. There's no need for two. I, I said this from the very beginning since they started the brand extension. I really honestly did not mind having two world titles. I was a, I'm, I'm mostly against that. But okay, at least you have depth of singles competitors in each show to kind of keep that scene fresh. Right? So okay, oh whatever. I'm okay with having two secondary titles. I think that to me, you can have two of those because again, you have depth. And you need, you know, you need something on each show, right? You know, you just want to have one yeah, of each on each right. show. You need something, I guess. Uh, and, and Intercontinental titles and the U.S. titles are pretty cool. And to me, those could be stepping stones for the main title. They have two, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But two tag titles, you don't have enough depth. And to me, it's just, to me, those are the top, like, the way I see the world championship, or like, the, like that title, it should be one of those because that's the top male or female. So there's women's championship too, male or female in the world. Intercontinental in the U.S., those are secondary. So you can have two of those. I mean, those are like conference championships, right? There's two conference champions. Yeah. There's two conferences. And there's only one world championship. So if you got a world championship, there's one. Same thing for the tag teams. That's a world championship, technically. You know, we don't look, think about it that way. But they're the world. Every other promotion had world tag team champions. One. Yeah. <laughs> right? The U.S. title and the Intercontinental Championships are not world titles. So... They don't have to be as prestigious. They're not as prestigious. So you can have multiple world titles. And you look at, the, like, say the old NWA. They had regional championships. They had Every territory had a championship. There was the Central States. There was the Southern, you know, you name it. The yeah. Florida Championship ch- champion, whatever. Every territory had their own champions. But there was only one world champion. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that champion went from territory to territory. There's one NWA World Heavyweight Champion. There was not a world champion in every territory. There's only one. And the same went for tag teams. They Every territory had their own tag titles. But there was only one set of NWA World Tag Team Championships. That's how I, mm-hmm. that's how I look at it. And all those regional titles, those, those territory titles, to me, kind of equate... Now, honestly, the U.S. title is the U.S. title. But, like, I don't know. I just don't. You can have more of those because they're not world championships. That's just how I look yeah. at it. Yeah. So no, to me, I, that's what I, I would do. I don't see WWE doing that, but that's what I would do. I don't know. I guess I don't know when they could do it if they were to consolidate and have the tag tags, you know, to tag titles, the men's tag titles be on both shows. Uh, I guess they could do that at WrestleMania. That's what. That's how I would do it. Yeah. Maybe. You know, because they're going to crown the first women's tag team championships at the Elimination Chamber. They're going to have six tag teams in that, you know, they, like they did with a couple of years ago when they had the tag teams in the Elimination Chamber. That match wasn't good at all, but the, win, the win, I trust the women in this division to do a much better job than what was done a couple of years ago. But maybe, maybe that's where they consolidate the men's titles. Hopefully. That's just me dreaming again, I guess. But you can have three teams from SmackDown. Of course, the champions are in that. Three teams from SmackDown, three teams from Raw. So you have the champions and two other teams. So let's say from SmackDown you get Bar Usos New Day, because that's the only tag teams that deserve to really be in it. And on Raw, you give me Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, you give me Revival, and you give me Authors of Pain. The winner claims both is is the WWE men's tag team champions. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Easy easy enough. That's how I would do it. That's how I would do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, why not? They're all all those teams are former, except they're revival former champions. 
Why not? No, I just don't think it's going to happen because I think the writing's on the wall. We're going to see the Miz and Shane McMahon. Oh, and <sighs> champions eventually. So, or would have worked to their benefit if they were the only tag team champions on the on the roster. Oh, they could really be the show. best in the world. Oh <laughs> no! Why are they doing this? <laughs> no idea. Um, it's kind of just kind of a. It's kind. I'm gonna refer to it as like a time waster for Miz until they finally find something to do with him. Which uh, I think it might be a magic is, and chain. Like maybe, but th- this is, the- it, it's entertaining, but it's not you know the the peak and it's not a money making angle for the Miz. No, he deserves really to be in a money angle. And Shane McMahon, I'm sorry, as much as we have always been a Shane McMahon fans of his, it's just not doing it for me in 2019 now. That's like. Not, yeah. Like when he first came back in 2016, that's three years ago already, by the way. Jeez. Uh, just to remind you how old we're getting. Wow. It was like, yo, Shane McMahon is back. And of course, it's going to have a match. And it's like, Undertaker in the Hell in a Cell. Wait a second. I didn't like that. <laughs> but then he had like the stuff with AJ Styles, which was pretty cool. Like, all right, you know, that's good. But now we're, then he had stuff with Kevin Owens, which the story was really good leading up to the Kevin Owens match. Yeah. And I was on board for that too. But now it's just like, all right, we don't, he doesn't have to have matches. That's yeah, too much. Why? Like, they feel like to shoehorn him in. Same thing to do with him, to do it with Triple H. At least Triple H is, a, is an actual wrestler. Right. Which, by the way, I don't think Triple H is going to have a match at WrestleMania this year unless his pec just magically heals in time for that show. Ha-ha. <laughs> you know, but... We're, we're foreshadowing. Oh, okay. I didn't know I was foreshadowing, but... <laughs> for, this, for this episode of The Straight Shooters, we're not foreshadowing in real life. Okay. But... Yeah, I just, I just, I just, I'm just not on board with that whole Shane McMahon uh, Miz thing. I, I can't I can do without it. I'm done. Uh, but I'm not done with it's 205 Live. But I might be done with this soon because they nah, had man. a good spot. It did. Going on before SmackDown. And I just listened to Mustafa Ali and Chris Jericho's podcast. And he talked about, man, yeah, that did a lot for us. We're on before SmackDown. You know, the, the crowd is still hot. And you know, you know, SmackDown is the main event, and they have they have main events like with big names. We can't follow that. Yeah, and everything's been better since then. They turn right around and put it right back on after SmackDown again. Yep. Why WWE? Why? Why would you do that? There's no rhyme or reason. There's literally no rhyme or reason. If they no. wanted to make Wednesday night, because I think tonight they're doing NXT and then NXT UK Takeover. Blackpool, and then an NXT UK episode after that. If they want to make Wednesday night the NXT brand night, that's fine. Like it's kind of been like that forever. But why move to a five live? It was at seven on Wednesday nights. Why not? And the crowd was a lot better, like you said, because they would go on before SmackDown. So why not just continue that? Like I, I don't understand unless the mix match challenge is coming back. <laughs> They just they just did it though. I know, I know, but it nothing they do makes sense. So. Like I don't understand that. Like, and everyone, at least outside of it, everyone I heard of, all the pundits, even a wrestler named Mustafa Ali, yeah. agreed they were put in a bad spot. We said that from the very beginning. This was the case in 2016 when they started two or five live. Like they're in a tough Which, spot. When it started, it just was not a show that meant anything, but it's gotten better and better and better. The matches have gotten better. Um, and part of it is because there was storyline advancement. Yeah, and there was storyline advancement. Like, 
I, I didn't catch it last night, but I'm I'm looking forward to watching it again, see how the crowd was, and see how it came across, you know, after SmackDown last night. But you know, it's there. There was a picture I saw earlier today of everyone leaving after SmackDown. Like no one's going to stay for. Two, no one wants to stay. You, I don't blame anyone for wanting to leave. You know, at ten o'clock after SmackDown. Like why? Why would you want to stay there to watch guys you, you really don't know? Whereas you can have that as like an appetizer before the main right. event. It's a great appetizer. It's much better yeah. than the main event. And, and, you get more invested. and I think you get more invested in those guys because you're just getting in there and you're just sitting down and you might see guys that you don't know and you're just like, wow, that's like really cool. Whereas at the end of SmackDown, you're just a two-hour show can exhaust you, you know. And you right, just want to get out of there, especially if you're with your family. You know, like you got work tomorrow. You know, it's, that's it. We're out. That's like WCW putting Juventud Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio after a Hulk Hogan Lex Luger match. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, they didn't do that in WCW because that would have been dumb. I think there was actually maybe it was 2000 or 2001 before they folded. Well, they would they would tape thunder like right after nitro or there was at least a, f- a couple weeks. I think of that actually happening. Like they would tape oh. thunder right after nitro in the same arena, you know, same everything. Well, that's rough. I, mean, I, I might be misremembering, but I do think that was a thing for at least a little bit. That That's rough uh, on anyone, but I'm saying like, you just yeah. do these guys disservice. Absolutely. Doing that. I just don't understand. I mean, I haven't seen any reasons why. Maybe I can, like, you know, I don't know. But just like they're like, "Hey, guess what's back on Tuesday?" It's like, no. What are y'all doing? <laughs> oh, like, why? Like, why would y'all do that to these guys? These guys work hard, man, and they and they deserve at least to have a decent crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't tell me like crowd being involved in a match doesn't help it. It you know, always you can't tell helps. Me that. Yeah. It always helps, and we've talked about that before. A match that could be yeah. sort of good or average can be. Like, look at Rock versus Hogan. Technically, I kind of like yeah. a great five-star Kenny Omega versus Okada classic. But because, one, The Rock and Hogan were mega over, and the crowd was – they bought in, like, from the – from as soon as the bell rang, they were in. Yeah. They didn't have to do that much. And the match is a classic. Yep. I mean, that – I, I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. We're defeated <laughs> when it comes to that. It, just, it never makes sense. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, because it's rough. It's rough. For, it's rough for those guys. I, I'm, I feel a little bad for them because, like I said, they they work really hard and they're getting some traction. Mustafa Ali's on SmackDown now. That helps. I think that helps two or five live. It's like, oh, you can do a five live. Let's see what else is down there. Mm-hmm. No, not down there, but on that show. Let's see what else is going on. And now it's like, what's the point? Yeah, there's none. I'm, I'm reading Kate's. He said the initial change when they moved to Tuesdays, on the, when they moved to Wednesdays, because of the mixed match challenge, right? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, and because mixed match challenge is done, they're like, well, back to Tuesdays you go. And after SmackDown, like not even before it. If they moved it back to Tuesdays, I wouldn't mind it. I don't know the logistics of, you know, taping it before SmackDown and then just airing it two hours later on the network. Right. Maybe and, work, maybe, but... and maybe that's tough for the turnaround of the production, right? Yeah. For like the, you gotta, you know, you gotta, um, 
you got to edit it. You got to do all that. And they, maybe that's a, too quick of a turnaround. And if that's the case, that's understandable. Two hours is not enough time to put a whole show together and make it look nice. You might as well do it live at that point. Mm. But I don't see why doing it on Wednesdays or even Thursdays. I know. There's nothing else going on in WWE Network on Thursdays. Mm-mm. What's going on on Thursdays in WWE Network? Me on demand watching like the old Royal Rumbles for the next month. There's, but there's no like major <laughs> thing that you had. Like, they, they advertise for Thursdays. No. And now you don't have to worry about Thursday Night Football. What's happening on Thursdays on television right now? That's like this thing you want to avoid. But, but, but even if you did Thursdays during football season, you could do it at 7 o'clock and you're really not missing any part. Right. Not going against Thursday Night Football. You right. go against the pre-show, but, you know. With, yeah, who cares about that? I don't, I don't know how many people watch that. Yeah, the pregame so, shows and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah you're, not, you're not worried about that necessarily. No, so, so, you do yeah. go from 7 to 8, boom, you're, 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 you're good. Like, why not? Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I, I, I'm, I'm sure WWE has, a, on their part, a really good reason. But from everybody else, it's just from the outside looking in, it just there they, is no good reason. They really hyped the move to Wednesdays too. They're like, right. oh, a whole new Wednesday block. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> keep it that way. What's wrong? like, or or move it if you don't oh. if you don't want it on Wednesdays because of the like I said, that's an NXT night. Mm-hmm. Okay, move it to Thursday. Just don't. You don't have to air it live, number one. That's not going to entice me to watch it. It's at 10 o'clock on Tuesday. I'm done. I'm ready to go to sleep at that point. Yep. yep, I'm with you. You don't have to air it live on a Tuesday night. That's not necessary. Yeah, it's called 205 Live. Change the name if you really want to stick to that. Like, if you're really worried about that, change it. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. That's number one. Whatever you do, no matter when you air it, let them have their matches before SmackDown Live. <laughs> Another live show. Have the matches go yeah. before SmackDown. They can't go after SmackDown. It's 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 a I don't want to say death sentence. It's just it's just not good. It's just not no. good for the show. It's not good for the matches. Like you said, no one's gonna stay. I don't care how much I like Cedric Alexander or Buddy Murphy. I'm not sticking around. I'm tired. If I got my like you said, got a family with me, got my kids with me. If I got kids, I don't I don't have kids plural. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, wait, what what? And I'm not breaking any news here. All right. But let's say if I had children, two or three, and they're younger, they're maybe in the, even like 12, 13 years old, and they got school the next day. I'm not keeping them out all night right. to watch Cesar Alexander and Betty Murphy and Jack Gallagher. Like, <laughs> right. I'm going home. Yep. So, because you ain't even getting home quickly, you still got to leave the parking lot with all that traffic, man. Yeah. So. And if you've been in the Wells Fargo Center, you know that's an adventure. Mm. Yep. That is. I live maybe 10, 10 to 15 minutes away from that, and that takes me at least an hour, an hour and a half to get home every event. So, Right. right. All right. We're going to end our show on this note with the topic that I mentioned earlier. Biggest surprises in the Royal Rumble history. Nick, I know you got a list a mile long. A mile long. So have at it. This is this I mean, for you. Do I start at the very top? Go ahead. Should I, should I work my way up? Start at the top. I'll start at the very top. John Cena coming back in 2008, man. That I think that's the one. biggest. I think that's a bit the biggest surprise in Rumble history. I, what what rivals that? You know, Torn Peck in October 1st, 20, 2007, coming back late January 2008. Uh, Torn Peck cleared by the doctors to physical activity, winning the Royal Rumble. But winning wasn't the big surprise to me. It was just the fact that he showed up. 30th entrant, MSG went wild. They might have hated John Cena, the, the wrestler, but 
damn if they didn't love the surprise. And damn if I didn't love the surprise. So I, I think that's the biggest surprise in history. Hmm. Uh, so you mean to tell me that Roman Reigns being number 30 in 2017 wasn't the biggest surprise at all? That's not on your list? It, it, actually, no. I must have left that one off. Because <laughs> that was trash. <laughs> that wasn't a surprise <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> I will go back. Because they really, I mean, they've had surprises over the years. But, like, I mean, it, we can go back to 2002. And I think they really started, like, doing, like, a lot. Mr. Perfect was a big surprise back He's in 2002. It's on my list. Mr. Perfect was big back in 2002. That, that, was that his, like his first match back, right? Yeah, that was uh, what he left in 1997. Yeah, of course, went to WWE. Yeah, that was the first time back at WWF. Yeah, at so that, it had to be the first time because it was, it was a surprise. So, yep. and I think he made it like the final four of that match. He was. He was in the final four, yeah. So it seemed like not only is he back, but like, yo, they got him in a prime spot. Like, he might have a little teeny run here. Not going to have a top title or nothing like that, but he's going to be in a featured role. And of course, that didn't happen, unfortunately. But it was great to see him back. I loved it, man. I I was a Kurt Heading mark for for a long time. Uh, I was kind of mad when he went to WCW because I remember, like, as per this podcast, I was a huge WWF mark. And anytime somebody went from WWF, to WCW, I was kind of like, damn it. And the whole <laughs> angle when he went to WCW and Four Horsemen were courting him and then he turned on Flair, joined the NWO, I thought all that was awesome. And I was like, damn it, like I love Kurt Hennig. Like he's awesome as a character. And then when he came back at 02, biggest surprise at, at that point for me, Rumble, Rum, Royal Rumble wise. And like you said, I thought, you know, maybe there, there was a run in him. But I think by May of that year, he was gone. He was fired. So, um, but it was a really nice surprise, and he he took his time getting to the ring too. He was relishing that moment. He came out. He he wasn't, and that was kind of part of his character too. When he was in previous rumbles, before like in the early nineties, he would he would take his time going to the ring because he was Mister Perfect. He was like, I'm not going to waste my energy, you know, sprinting to the ring and trying to beat up everyone. He was he was relishing it all. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the one first time when I. Think of because that's like when you really think about it. As far as like returns go, Mr. Perfect was one of the first ones that they did that with. Cause they've had like '97 yeah. Rumble. They had some of the Lucha talent in there, did, yeah. uh, but people weren't going crazy over seeing you know Mil Maskers in the ring. No, <laughs> uh, you know, there's nothing to dis- no disrespect to Mil Maskers, but that's just we, we weren't Americans weren't familiar with that with his with his mm-hmm. legacy with his uh you know with, with his star power. So. But Mr. Perfect coming back was like that was like the first bit of nostalgia for the Rumble at that point. And of course, we had Godfather that came back. You know, that was a big deal. Uh, yeah, same, same, year, same yeah. Rumble, right? I think Goldust yeah. came back in that one too. He did. Yeah, he was like the number two entrant, I think. Yeah. So those seeing that, that that was like the first one I could remember where that that was the case. A few, yep. You know. Yeah. What's next one and you it, got? Though? It kind of set the set the stage for, like you said, some surprises later on and i already said cena but uh how about diesel coming back in 2011 where the, the i don't think anyone could have predicted the reaction he got and then it it actually branched off into like okay like maybe we'll we'll do a run with him and they tried it it just didn't work out but man like he had he dyed his hair <laughs> like he grew it out from his like tna days and man it, it was like the old diesel and uh it was really cool to see. It was the, I believe it was like the 40 man rumble because 2011 was the year they had the four, 40 uh, superstars that Del Rio wound up winning. But, you know, uh, so why not put Diesel in that? Um, why not 
it's not even Kevin Nash, like it's Diesel. So it, it was just something cool with the theme music and everything. And uh, to me, that was one of the better surprises just based off the crowd reaction. Yeah, I, mean, I remember I was going to mention that too, that 2011 Rumble, because it wasn't just Diesel. Even though, one, that was a huge, like when this music hit, people went lost their minds. And you had Max Drago go, oh my God, I'm working out, or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but the crazy thing about that, what made that crazy is that like him and also Booker T was now Rumble as well. Yeah, and his right. music hit people lost their minds as well. That's right. Yeah, but they came straight from TNA pretty much. They did. Yeah, they were right in TNA like maybe a month or two prior, and then like boom, they were in the Rumble and they looked like happy as can be. <laughs> they really did because TNA was a mess, obviously in 2010 and 2011. So. It was it was weird because it was like that, and it was like, oh man, TNA is screwed. And then they were doing interviews after the fact, and it was like, yeah, man, couldn't wait to get out of there. It was so much going on with that. I remember the um, the Booker T and Kevin Nash surprises in particular yeah. in that Rumble, which I didn't like. That Rumble, by the way, it's a forty man Rumble. Uh, it wasn't great. That wasn't really good, and that's the one that Del Rio won and whatever, but. When they teased Santino, which, hell, maybe that would have made the Rumble better overall. That was a big surprise. <laughs> when they had Santino, like, people lost their minds over Dude, Santino. I, I lost my mind. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm getting up out of my couch, man. I mean, I've said this before. They got me. They got me. <laughs> I've said this before. I thought that between that match and the Elimination Chamber match he had the next month, I was like, yo, Santino's going to win the world title in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to win the world title. The man, people are well, with him. They're putting him in spots. To, he's going to win the whole title. Like, I was <laughs> convinced. Old predictions, man. Oh, I was convinced. <laughs> and they, they teased it so well. They did. I thought the fans were going to really get behind them. Like, yo, we really want Santino to be the champion. And that did, just didn't happen. And they put him in that stupid six-man tag or whatever at WrestleMania. And I think people was like, you know what? We're, they're not going to do anything with him. <laughs> and they quickly lost faith in him. No. But, uh, yeah, that was that was something else. That whole thing. About, with, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a couple that are not Royal Rumble match related. How about uh, just, we're talking about Royal Rumble event? How about Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter beating the Ultimate Warrior in 1991? Biggest surprise of my young wrestling fandom career. I was like crying. I was like, "How could Ultimate Warrior lose?" I hated Macho Man for getting <laughs> the Warrior with the scepter. I was like, "There's no way Sergeant Slaughter could beat the Warrior." It was like it just became the weirdest thing to me because the Ultimate Warrior was the Ultimate Warrior. That I hadn't. The only thing I had known at that time as a wrestling fan was Ultimate Warrior's champion. So nobody else could beat him. And uh, you know, when Sergeant Slaughter won, and uh, the <laughs> the commentators were just kind of shocked, and they were waiting for Howard Finkel to like make the announcement, and then Sergeant Slaughter didn't react until he was announced as the champion, <laughs> and then he started reacting. And I was like, man, everything about that. Uh, it's great looking back to it, it what a moment that was, but man, I was shocked beyond belief, even as a kid, that it happened. Yeah, that was a big deal. I mean, Warrior didn't have like a tremendous run, but he was still like a star. Yeah. And who would have thought Sergeant Slaughter, of all people, would have been like exactly. beating him? Like, Sergeant exactly. Slaughter wasn't like some prime position before that. He was a star, but <laughs> yeah. WWF champion? Like, Sergeant Rock- Slaughter? Iraqi turncoat at the time. So like, I had no idea what all that meant. You know, it was just, oh, he's carrying a flag. I had no idea what the flag represented. I just knew what the American flag looked like. And the warrior had all the American flag painted over him and tights and everything. So, you know, I'll tell you, shocking moment for me. Yeah. How about 
AJ Styles showing up in 2016. Now, I know everybody pretty much saw this coming. Hmm. It, it, it was reported, like, it was, people pretty much knew that he was going to show up. So, it wasn't, the fact that he was there wasn't really the surprise. Just the image, just the, 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 the visual of him walking into a WWE, out to a WWE arena. That we didn't see because the camera was on Roman Reigns' face. True. That is true. But that was still really very surreal. Yes. So maybe not surprising, but it was still just like, and it's crazy because AJ Styles is like so WWE now, like we're used to right. seeing it every week, and he's on the cover of the game. You know, he's fully entrenched. But at that point, you know, we got to we got to look back to 2016 and to you know go back to 2014, 2015, and think about like man, AJ Styles and WWE. No way, he's <laughs> he just left TNA. He was in New Japan and in Ring of Honor doing stuff back and forth with them. I remember watching him at Final Battle. He had the match with, um, I think it was Jay Lethal at Final Battle 2015. I think that was his last uh, non-WWE match. Or well, one of his last ones. No, he had the, he had the uh, Tokyo Dome match. I'll take, take that back. All right. Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle yeah. Kingdom. Yeah, with Shinsuke. Yeah. But, you know, just seeing him there, so it was huge, like... Yeah. You know, you just never equated AJ Styles in WWE. Even though he was good enough at WWE, we all knew that. But it was still just this, the visual of him walking out there. And it's like, oh, he's really there. And now think about, fast forward three years later, I guess, again, multi-time WWE champion. He's WWE champion for over a year. He's been on the cover of the video game. He is fully entrenched as, like, a top guy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think anyone has any worries where the WWE sees him as a top guy. I think when he first got there, it was like, oh, dude, he has earned his trust. Has he earned their trust? And I told you, even though he was WWE champion in 2016, but I remember when I knew when he had earned their trust in 2017, of course, he beat Cena and stuff like that. In 20, I think that's 2016 as well. But I knew that he, when I knew at least, that he had fully earned their trust when he was called upon to face Finn Balor at that pay-per-view that yeah, Bray Wyatt got hurt. Or No Mercy, I don't remember. Right, yet. and they could have called anyone to do that. They called AJ Styles because they knew he would deliver. Yeah, and then he went out and had a hell of a match with Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, "Yeah, he's made man now in yep. WWE. <laughs> like he, he can, he, he's he's in. He's good to go." So. And he, he's proven that everyone kind of didn't know if he would translate from what he had been doing to WWE because WWE quote unquote style is so different. Dude, right. he's adapted to it. Like he, that's what people do. They, they go to different companies and WWE is definitely different when it comes to style in, in the ring or, you know, even just the presentation, but man, he's adapted so well that you don't even, you might not even think he came from, like New Japan or Ring of Honor or TNA, you would think that, oh, maybe he was like a call-up from NXT. Like if you're just kind of getting into wrestling now and you think everybody's coming up from NXT, maybe you think AJ Styles was in NXT before he came up or something just because he seems so WWE-ized. Yeah, he he's, Which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, he's fully, he's fully assimilated to the uh, WWE. And of course, like I said, he's earned their trust. But uh, you had another surprise, didn't you? I think... I think how about the tag team tournament in 1995 when Diesel and Shawn Michaels dropped the tag titles because they broke up? And you had the one, two, three kid and Bob Holly defeat Tatanka and Bam Bam Bigelow for the tag team titles. To me, Nick, what? Nick, this is not, come on, bro. <laughs> Why? How's that not as shocking? We're going to go from AJ Styles to <laughs> one, two, three kid and Bob Holly at the tag okay, team. Okay, okay, okay. 
How about this? We're we're talking Royal Rumble, right? Yes. What happened? What happened right after that match? Shawn Michaels won from the number one spot, right? I don't know. I'm talking about that tag team match. What happened right after that tag team match? I don't remember. Bam Bam Bigelow shoved LT, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's got to be at the top. That angle started? Yeah, that's got to be at the top. He was walking around the ring yelling at the fans because everyone was like laughing at him because he got knocked out. He knocked himself out because he fell off the ropes or something. And LT, LT's laughing at him. So he gets up, tries to shake his hand, and he shoves him down. Dude, I thought, dude, that, that was real life to me. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. Because, again, uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Lawrence Taylor, he's one of the best football players that's ever lived. Yep. And I think he had to retire by that point. But Yeah, he was, I think he was. He was he, – because he played in New York as well. You're not going to find a defensive player as – that was as revered and as legendary, like as famous as Lawrence Taylor was. And he was famous for some bad things too, uh, away from the field, but he, he was a legend still is obviously. So that was a big deal, uh, for WWE, even in 95 to get Lawrence Taylor on board. Uh, so yeah, that was, yeah. They, they did I a lot with that. that. Like you said, Shawn Michaels went the distance was the first century. And that was the fast and furious Royal Rumble where uh, the minute or 30 like, seconds. Yeah, they were, a minute apart or something, so the match lasted like 35 minutes or something. Oh, like God, that's terrible. <laughs> and it started with Shawn Michaels and British Bulldog, and it ended with Shawn Michaels and British Bulldog, which is that's you know cool. the first time that it happened. So, a lot of stuff happened in the 95 Rumble, and uh, you know, that it, it made some headlines. You know, that little bam bam LT thing made it made a couple headlines, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I guess you know, I, I, I'll give you that one. All how about right. uh, how about Chris Jericho and how about Chris Jericho in 2013? That was a pretty big. Yeah, surprise. I have that. I have that. And that was a surprise to me too, and it kind of rekindled. His, I think Dolph Ziggler was number one that year, and it kind of rekindled yep. that feud a little bit. So it was yep. perfect, perfect storytelling. And it was it was big because this is still in the age of social media. It's 2013, and no one knew Jericho was going to be there. There was no scuttlebutt. There was no like whispers right. or rumors. He just popped right. up and it was like, whoa, like. And he hadn't seen him since SummerSlam. I think the last time he was in the WWE on TV was SummerSlam yeah, Summer well. Yeah, against Ziggler, right. like you mentioned. Yep. And I think Ziggler beat him. Yep. It was a loser leaves WWE match. Right. So Chris, Chris Jericho left and then, yep. yeah, popped up back up. So that was cool. Uh, I had another one in my head and I can't remember off I'll, the top uh, of my head. But you can I'll go, go ahead and I'll think about I'll it. I'll go 1999, China being the first woman ever uh, uh, in involved in a Royal Rumble match. But that wasn't a surprise, though. It wasn't a surprise. Battle Royal you, know was, you know what was a surprise? It was the Raw before that, where there was like a corporate Rumble. Right, and she won that Battle Royal that, to be number 30. Technically, that's a Rumble surprise, because they labeled it the corporate Rumble. So, she threw out McMahon, I guess. Vince McMahon, to get the 30 spot. And I think just that in and of itself was a huge deal back then. Uh, so, I added that to the list. And then I have uh, another women-related moment when Beth Phoenix in 2010 eliminated, <laughs> eliminated the great colleague. So yeah, that was that, cool. to, to me. Yeah, it was like a moment in the rumble, but it, I was still like surprised. I was like, wow, they actually had you know Beth Phoenix eliminate the great colleague. Like you know, that's to me that's kind of funny, and uh, it was a moment. That was pretty cool. <laughs> it was a moment. It was a cool yeah. moment too. Yeah. How about when Edge showed up though at number? 29, I think. I think he was 29. I don't think he was 30 in that same Rumble. Yeah, I think you're right. He was, I think he was hurt. 29, yeah. And I think that, I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure a lot of people knew that he was going to come back. 
uh, at that around that point because he had tore his Achilles the year before. Yeah. Uh, but you know it was still pretty cool to see him back, and he came back late and he eliminated Jericho, and he was a baby face yeah. all of a sudden that got them yeah. started on their run. But Edge in 2010, that was a pretty cool one. Yeah. I like that one. How about Undertaker being resurrected in 1994? Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know what was shocking about that? The urn. We finally saw what the hell was in the urn. It was all that, you know, gas or that, that stuff coming out of it. No, it wasn't the light at that point. Light it, it was oh. like a whole bunch of smoke coming out. That's Colored. the one when he got beat up by all the heels. In yeah, the like world, nine, right? nine, nine guys, yeah. And he floated up to the heavens. Yeah, and then yeah. we finally... Once we saw what was coming out of the urn, man, I went in the other room. I was like, looking. I was like, what the hell is going on? I thought it was a ghost or something. You were scared, huh? I was. I was like eight years old, man. <laughs> eight years old. <laughs> you were scared. I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I couldn't tell what was happening because the lighting was so terrible. I didn't well, that know. That was he intentional because that wasn't him. Right, but I didn't know he was flo- I didn't see anyone floating. Oh, now, oh. if I go back and watch it on the network, you can make out a figure that's you know rising. But oh, I couldn't before, see it then. I was like, what, what the hell are they looking this at? This is before like, HD. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> not before, <laughs> way before HD. But uh, to me, still a surprising moment because we wouldn't see him until SummerSlam later that year where he took on himself. Right. He fought himself. <laughs> the faker. The under faker. <laughs> under faker. That's the good. Under faker. That's good. Uh, any, go any memories from the greatest Royal Rumble? No. Okay. Me neither. Uh, except Titus O'Neil falling and damn near cracking his skull open. <laughs> I have that written down. Titus World Slide. <laughs> that was a surprise. Of all surprises. I wasn't going to mention it, but that's, that's probably the biggest surprise in World Rumble <laughs> history is that Titus O'Neil fell all the way under the ring. His all you can see is his feet hanging out. Like he was the Wicked Witch of the West or something like that. Like it was hysterical. <laughs> and this man is like 6'8. He's huge. His whole body went under there. Dude, what like, if it came out the other side? That would have been even better. Like what? <laughs> and they were like gonna talk, like, yeah, take over Titus World. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Come on, man. How did that happen? I, I don't understand how that happened. There's nothing like there's I'm I mean, you can look at the ramp where there's nothing like sticking out. Could, he just oh. tripped over his own feet. <laughs> he did. Just tripped over his own feet. Like, I'm pretty sure we talked about it before. If he had like took like one more step and fell, <laughs> he could have died because he would have hit his head right on that ring apron. And of course, as the announcers always say, that's the hardest part of the ring. And yeah, yeah you would have found out for real <laughs> if he if he fell like another inch or two further. Yeah. He was lucky <laughs> to go on really, the ring. Really was. <laughs> Even though it was still very embarrassing. Oh man, maybe yeah. the most shocking Royal Rumble moment. Yeah, ever. It was, it was a shock to Titus. Titus didn't see that coming. <laughs> Titus was like, "What happened? What what just happened here?" Oh my god, I'm not expecting this. That is great. We got to end on that one. Yeah, like, we will. There's no top of that one. We sure will. So on this note, let's close it out with some plugs, Nick. Oh man. You got it. You can follow me at Nick Cohn on Twitter. Follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the straight shooters. Shoot us a like, please. That'd be greatly appreciated. And you can follow my sports and 
wrestling at phillyinfluencer.com and phillyvoice.com. I'll have a Rumble recap up uh, the Monday after the Royal Rumble. And uh, we have our Rumble live commentary, CM Punk versus The Rock, patreon.com slash shootersradio. Join us, man. We got a lot of good stuff. We'll tap for that. Yes, we do. And you can catch me at 1M Johnson on Twitter. And if you don't catch me there, like I said, we can catch me out here in these streets. Although, I might not be out in these streets too much longer because it's supposed to be cold. So you might not catch me out <laughs> in these streets because it's too cold out there. Um, but yeah, patreon.com slash shootersradio. Check out our exclusive content for the nominal fee of one ninety nine. But in the meantime, let's wrap it up for episode one eighty of the Straight Shooters. So for Nick McCone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening and watching the Straight Shooters, and we will catch y'all again next week. Peace. You've been listening to the Straight Shooters on Wildfire Radio. For advertising opportunities, contact Nick Picone via email at piconenick at gmail.com or call 856-625-1190.